It takes more than putting a load balancer in front of it to be a software engineer. This is episode 123 of the Soft Skills Engineering Podcast. I'm your host, Jameson Dance. I'm your host, Dave Smith. (laughs) We never talk about what you're going to say beforehand, and then I always start just laughing in the middle of it. Success! (laughs) That's a core tenet of software development. (laughs) It solves a lot of problems. You know what problems it doesn't solve, though? The soft kind? Yeah, all of the non-technical problems. Okay. This is an advice show where we answer all of your non-technical questions about the technical field of software development, things that can't be solved by putting a load balancer in front of them. How do you reverse a linked list? Put a load load balancer balancer in front of it. (laughs) Next time someone asks you to do that on a whiteboard, just slap down a Citrix Netscaler on the desk. (laughs) (laughs) You, you You draw two boxes and put an arrow between them, and then you draw another box above them and put two arrows from that box to those other two boxes. Yep. And then just kind of like shrug at them. <laughs> like, say, it's balanced, load balancers. Highly available. <laughs> <laughs> Boy, this binary search tree is has so many layers of redundancy. <laughs> it's incredible. Oh, we have some patrons. Do you want to talk about those fine folks, Dave? Yes, I do. Thank you to everyone who has contributed to the show on Patreon.com. This month we have an extra one-time shout-out to Sebastian Sandoval Simila, as well as our Old faithful folks who are contributing at the level where they get a shout-out every single week. David Jackson, Dustin Coates, Ken Howard, Matthew Wodowicz, Nick Cantar, Sean Clayton, and Zach Grannon. Thank you so much for your support. If you... Yeah, thank you. Yes. If you would like to support the show, go to soft... uh, Where do we go? Softskills.audio. Click on support us on Patreon. All right. Question time. I'm going to read it. I'm not even going to ask you if you want to. That's fine. You don't have my permission, but go ahead. (laughs) okay oh all right this is from an anonymous listener i work at a startup that's not how the question starts i started to work in the startup a year ago when we were negotiating the salary we agreed on an amount x and the cto promised me that after a year it would be increased they did say the exact sum so a year has passed i followed up to the cto about a salary raise and they delegated the task to a manager who decided not to give me a raise when i asked why they said that i am good at negotiating my salary and i'm getting what the market is offering i don't feel bad about not getting more money but the fact that the cto broke their word concerns me i don't think i can trust this company when they are promising anything and i started to care less about what i'm doing here Am I delusional that a programmer's salary has to increase even by 2% on a yearly basis? And how do I find a way to trust the company in the future? Or should I just drop it and take the default soft skills engineering case and look for another job? Thank you for your answer. I have to clarify, the default advice is not look for another job. It's get another job. (laughs) It's it's quit your current job. (laughs) Yeah, it starts with you just leap. (laughs) You are very good at negotiating. (laughs) Like, next time someone comes to me and I want to say no to them, I'm just going to drop that little bomb. You are very good at negotiating. No. When my daughter comes and says, I am so hungry, I would like pancakes and also cereal. I'm going to, that's how, that's going to be my no from now on. What a good negotiator you are. <laughs> Talk to mom. <laughs> they just turn around and walk away. <laughs> oh, that There's got to be some kind of communication breakdown because that sounds so scummy when they say it. You mean like which part? The part where the CTO delegated keeping his okay, promise yeah, to all else? the all the parts. Yes, <laughs> both of those parts. The part where they promise something, and then when you went and asked them, they said, "Why don't you talk to my friend over here to get the no from them instead of from me?" <laughs> Look, and then the yeah, I hate then the part. What's that? Look, I just I hate saying no. All right, so 
I'm going to have this manager say no instead. Have a nice day. <laughs> yeah, it. I don't know. Something has gone wrong here. Mm-hmm. That's. It just feels like it feels like such a crap sandwich, right? Where you're trying to do this bad thing by saying something nice instead of just saying we don't feel like your performance is worth it, or we don't have enough money, or whatever the real reason is. Saying you're so good at negotiating, that just feels <laughs> so patronizing. Oh, I'm I'm mad about it now. I was less oh. mad when we first started talking about this, but this is this is frustrating. <laughs> your empathy sensor is like, or not empathy sensor. Your empathy capability is like really flexing its muscles right now. Yep, yep. I'm mad for you. You're probably madder than the question asker. I think at this point. <laughs> Maybe they said that they uh, they're not too bothered, but then they say stuff that makes it sound like they're bothered too. So, <laughs> like I'm gonna quit my job. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I'm not bothered, but I can never trust this company again. Jameson, you have so much empathy. I'm worried you're going to quit your job for this person. I'll quit their job for them. (laughs) (laughs) I've been in a situation where I've negotiated a salary with someone before, and they wanted to be higher than I was willing to go. And we agreed on an interim solution where they would come in at the salary, I promised. And then after a certain amount of time had passed, we would, based on their performance we would uh, bring them up to the salary they wanted or something we agreed on. And when the time came, I think we did six months in the case I'm thinking of. When the time came, we we talked about it and brought them up. And the reason that we uh, made that arrangement at the beginning was because we were bringing them in lower than they wanted. So the fact that what probably happened here is this listener came in lower than they wanted and the CTO was very much aware of that and then made this agreement, like this is what I think happened, and then later was just like, nah, not going to do that. And so when this other manager said, well, you know, you negotiated such a high salary to begin with, you're already in good shape. It's like, it's kind of like, it's almost like gaslighting, you know? Yeah. Like who cares? This isn't what I wanted. Is that what you mean? No, I mean, it's like, no, 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 you were high. And it's like, no, no, that's not how I remember it. I remember coming in low and you agreed to bring me up after a year. And this guy's like, no, no, you were fine. It it was always good. It's like, that's not how I remember. Yeah. One takeaway here is that things that happen in the future are always uncertain. And you can do some things to eliminate some uncertainty. You could try and get it in writing as part of your employment agreement, mm-hmm. which which would help force the issue a little bit. But even then, if they really decide not to do it, basically your options are quit or, or stay. Like You can't force them to do something at some point in the future. I think this applies to like You'll get to work on this fancy project in six months, or you'll get this promotion in six months, or promises about the future are inherently unreliable. Mm-hmm. So um, I, I think you need, this doesn't help you now, <laughs> but you could have done things like get it in writing to eliminate some of that unreliability. You could also say, what would it take if it's performance-based? I, I can't tell from the question if it's performance-based or not. If it's just like, yeah, stick around, we'll bump you up. Or if it's what you mentioned, if you do, if you perform well in the job, then then we're happy to move you to this level you want. But either way, you kind of need to go after that uncertainty to eliminate this bad surprise a year later. It's possible they just forgot too. And I don't know, that, that money isn't in the budget anymore because they blew it all on... LaCroix on startup water. <laughs> you walk up to your CTO. Hey, remember how I was going to get that raise? CTO they gets pass you, you a LaCroix. <laughs> yeah. Um, About that. Drink up. <laughs> he starts looking around and he his eyes keep drifting toward the fridge full of LaCroix. We spent it on coconut water. <laughs> it's not cheap. I, I actually wonder now, is this the norm? 
for there to be basically no compensation changes year over year for these people. You mean at this company specifically? Yeah, at this company. Like if I was in this situation, I might start asking my coworkers like, hey, when was your, when do you get raises here? You know, how does that work? Yeah. Because maybe they'll be like, come to think of it, I've never had a raise. <laughs> yeah. My experience is, um, so I work at a very large company and there's a very regular process for compensation increases. And I feel like at small companies I've worked at, it's been very seat of the pants Mm -hmm. some companies one company kind of had this informal yearly performance review that came with raises but it wasn't written down or guaranteed or or it happened for everybody or all the time and then other places i've worked it was it was like you get a raise when you are about to quit because you haven't got a raise yet (laughs) basically (laughs) but no one no one would ever come to you and say like Great job, sport. Yeah. Have a have a cost of living increase. Inflation is a thing or whatever. So I think it, it probably depends, but I think that's a good that's good advice to try and figure out what the norms are and see if this is I think one important question is is this a mark of them being unhappy with your performance or is it yeah, is it budgetary things? Is it I don't know. There's there's a reason why. And if it was this conditional thing that Dave mentioned earlier, then It'd be good to know it isn't just that you're good at negotiating. It's that they think you're bad at your job or whatever the reason is. It doesn't have to be the reason, but it could be. Yep. How do I find a way to trust the company in the future? Um, I think you say, I have a hard time trusting you when you promised me this and it didn't happen. And it's up to them to regain your trust. It's not up to you to just take this leap of faith in a company. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, the way you earn trust is by making and keeping promises. This was a promise made and broken. So now, if you want to regain trust, you need to give them another chance to make and keep a promise. And I would probably say, well, when is the next raise coming? And what do I need to do to get it? I want X percent. And what do I have to do? You know, take some time to think about that. And let's come back. Let's get back together next week and figure out what that is. And then I can work toward that goal. Sure. And by the way, I'd like for it to be six months away, not another 12 months. You know, that's what I would do. Yeah. That sounds like good advice. I think you can push them on this and especially push them on the reason, especially if, how do I put it? You can trust people. Companies are are soulless, right? They're not, they have no like morals. They're, they're machines that produce money. So I think you need to get agreements with, if especially if they don't have this culture of like regular raises or regular reviews or whatever it is, then you, yeah, you, you need some agreement that you check up on regularly, mm-hmm. some kind of plan. It's like the reverse of, of a manager kind of doing coaching or trying to help someone improve. You need to like follow up on them and talk about it regularly and see, ask, yeah, how am I doing towards it? Help them yeah. flex their promise keeping muscles. Exactly. Say it just like that say <laughs> what's what's like a really backhanded patronizing compliment you can give to the company <laughs> <laughs> you're really good at saving money <laughs> <laughs> you're so good at saving money i'm concerned that i might not get the raise that i was that i was promised and if i don't i might save you a lot of money <laughs> <laughs> how do you so that's one more thing we could maybe talk about how do you delicately bring that up do you just straight up say if i don't get this raise i'm going i'm going to quit No, I I wouldn't do that. I mean, that's basically blackmail. Okay, it's not quite blackmail, but it's it's threatening, right? I think that a relationship with your employer should be one of a a partnership where you you basically are you've engaged in a transaction that benefits both parties. So you should find ways that benefit both parties instead of just threatening to leave all the time. You know, that's just how I would handle it. Yep. Yeah, it feels like threatening to leave is leaving. 
I guess. If you say, if you don't do this, I will quit. That kind of feels like the relationship might have broken down too much to repair. Um, saying, yeah. I'm, I'm really interested in this raise and it's important to me. Saying the same thing, but in a nicer way <laughs> reflects, I feel like, that you're still invested in it a little bit. So you could you could just say, like, this is important to me for me to stay at, happy at this company and in this position. Yeah, like, and, and one way you can say that is um, you could say, I want to work here for as long as possible and help make this company as successful as I can. What do we need to do to make it so that we can have this mutually beneficial arrangement where I benefit the company and my needs can be met long term? You know, and one thing I think I need is regular cost of living adjustments to make sure that I can stay with the market. And then they'll say, then you say, now who's good at negotiating? (laughs) (laughs) All right. Have we answered the question? (laughs) I think so. Good luck. Good luck. Do you want to read our next question? Yes. I will read it right uh, right now. (laughs) Sorry, it's a heavy one. Yeah. Is your mouse, (laughs) does it have a weight attached to the button or something? (laughs) I've been trying to bulk up my forearms, so yeah, my, my mouse has got 50 pounds on it. <laughs> All right. Hi, Dave and Jameson. Absolutely love the show. Thanks. I share an office with a peer who works on my team. We are both early in our career and are lucky to work under a very hands-off manager. However, I feel my peer has taken advantage of the situation and is slacking off. He is rarely in his office and often states that he is, air quotes, working from home. When he graces us with his appearance in the office, he asks the most basic questions. Granted, those questions are internal and specific and not easily Googleable, but still, I feel he should have known the answers after a year on the job. He intentionally exploits our monolith's slow builds by running full builds all the time and complains that it is slow. Then he plays video games in the office until the build is complete, which takes about four hours. (laughs) Then he makes a minor change in his feature code and kicks off a full build again, even though he could do an incremental build in about two to three minutes. What do you recommend me to do? Should I spend time and energy to answer his lifeless questions? Should I confront him? Hmm. You could finish a video game in four hours. Four? Yeah, that's a long. That's a long build. Yeah. Um. I feel like this question is basically: Should I tattletale or do something else? No, that's not what I got out of it. I mean, tattletale is the negative connotation, but I feel like if you have a coworker who doesn't do any work and your manager is really hands off, they might not know about it, and you could confront them directly. But another solution is talk to your manager about it and say, "Hey, I'm worried they do two things a day." And then play video games for the other eight hours. Yeah. Like, and I just, I'm having a hard time imagining a world where your manager isn't aware of this. Because how, how do you spend, how do you do like two five minute sessions of work a day and produce anything? Maybe in the four hours, they also talk a lot in chat or write a lot of memos or something. I don't know. Mm. Maybe they, maybe they try and have more visible output than that. Like when they're not playing video games. You mean. <laughs> In between video games, yeah. When okay. they when they okay. die, during the cutscenes. <laughs> the death timer. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I think I think it's perfectly fair to approach someone like this in this situation. Honestly, I, I would probably go to them directly and say, hey, I, you know, I've noticed that you're spending a lot of time playing video games at work. I mean, it, seriously, like, I would go to them and say, as a favor, I just want to let you know that it's... I sense you're playing a lot of video games at work. And if I can sense it, then management probably can too. And, you know, I just wanted to give you a heads up. I'm not going to tell on you. I just want you to know it's probably not a great thing to do for your future prospects here at the company. Like, if I were in your shoes, I would appreciate someone giving me the heads up. This is a weird thing about these cultures where they fill the office with toys. And then the question (laughs) you have is like, 
can we use can these? We use <laughs> <laughs> there's the ball pit. There's the beanbag water slide combo. <laughs> I mean, I'm at work. Can I just go up and down all day? <laughs> <laughs> um, the free Game Boy Color you give to all your new employees. Wait, maybe maybe this is just part of some freak experiment where he's like trying to push the limits to see where they are. He's trying to answer that very question. Maybe he's an investigative journalist <laughs> looking into startup culture or, or big tech culture. I don't know what kind of company yeah. it is. I think you could also approach it from a, hey, I've got some sweet productivity tips for you. Did you know you could do this in incrementally and do it in two or three minutes instead of four hours? And he's like, oh, that's going to be great, but... That's going to kill my video game career. <laughs> How am I going to work on my side projects at work then? If I can't wait for the build to finish. <laughs> my GitHub activity feed is going to suffer so bad. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I feel like that's the, the approach I would take more more than, hey, you play too many video games. Management's going to notice. I'd say like. I notice you spend a long time waiting for these builds to complete. Have you thought about doing it incrementally? It'd really help you iterate faster and get more done. Mm -hmm. I think, I mean, so imagine the failure scenarios there. What if you say these things, either one of them, and they're like, yep, thanks for the tip. And then turn back to the Game Boy Color, catch <laughs> some more rare Pokemon. I mean, what do you do then? What if, what if it doesn't help? I'm also sensing some frustration on the question asker, not just about slacking off, but it's almost like, because they're spending so much time doing doing other things, they don't have this knowledge built up about yes. internal things. So yes. that's that's causing a burden on you where if they were like doing more work, they would know more about the code base and the company instead of having to ask you these basic questions. Yeah. So some of it is like, yeah, it's slowing your team down. Kind of that's bad overall. It, it's no fun to be. It, it's kind of a drag to work with people that aren't producing it all or that are slacking off because it feels like the expectations aren't very high and i don't know just kind of drags things down but also it's directly affecting the question askers productivity in the form of lots of questions they could know the answer to if they worked differently yeah and that feels bad right yeah they both feel bad but that that feels more directly bad right like you you are harmed by this yeah there's there's definitely some amount of training people and answering questions and helping each other. There's there's the the grease that keeps the team moving. I've heard people talk about the glue work actually as well as just like stuff to do to help people be effective in general. Mm -hmm. But I don't know. This seems like it's too much from the question asker. Uh yeah, way too much. I mean, we've got a, we've got a triple play here: working from home, but not actually working, playing video games at work for four hours at a stretch, and asking questions that he should know the answers to. Right, like if this is okay, if serious. if they if they do nothing at the office when they're around other people, like what do you think the chances are <laughs> that he just <laughs> goes home and just pulls up Netflix all day? It's one hundred percent, right? Yeah, like doing even less than nothing. I feel like is is my my expectation here. Um, yeah, what do you do? Well, I, I think you confront him straight up. A few years back, I had a coworker who had noticed that I started to come into the office later and later, and. I don't remember what was going on in my life at the time, but there was something happening and I was kind of slacking a little bit. And uh, he sent me this email. And at the top of the email, it said, Hey, Dave, look, I have some unsolicited feedback for you. I'm trying to be as helpful as I can here, but I totally understand if you are not into it. If you don't want the feedback, no problem. So if you don't want the feedback, delete this email now. Otherwise, I'm going to put in like a hundred new lines and you can scroll down to get the feedback. <laughs> 
And of course, like, what do you do in that situation? Of course you scroll down. So I scrolled oh, yeah. all the way to the bottom. And he says, hey, I've noticed that some people have commented that you're coming in later and later. And I just wanted to give you a heads up because he was in the office and people would come looking for me and he would notice they couldn't find me. And I was so grateful that he shared that with me because I had a blind spot, right? Like I didn't know I had drifted in later and later. And I certainly didn't know that people were looking for me and couldn't find me because I wasn't there. Um, but I also felt like kind of a schmuck because he had to craft like this super like delicate walking on eggshells email yeah. with this with this funny like he um, didn't feel like he didn't feel comfortable enough that he could just say hey you come to work late all the time yeah exactly he had to yeah. like craft this weird email with a little um what's the word a gimmick in the email yeah right? it's, it's feels like a buzzfeed type like <laughs> yeah there's a hook there <laughs> yep <laughs> but you know what i really appreciated that feedback now in my case i had i don't think i had gone nearly as far off the cliff as this guy has but maybe he'll appreciate it i think that's one there's the off chance that he will um you know you never know what people's backgrounds are and he could be that he comes from a very different background from you pretty laid back and it might be good to know i mean i know it would be good for him to know that he's not keeping up with the norms yeah i one of the things that i am worst at in life is con- confronting people like this and i would like to get better and i, I am inspired you, maybe you should you, practice Dave. you should practice on me okay you should no, no, <laughs> i don't mean right now hang on no, give me a second i'm, I'm gearing up you sniffle too loudly <laughs> I literally was sniffling as you said that. <laughs> um, I'm sorry, so, Jameson. Jeez. <laughs> Come on. That's it. Last episode. <laughs> and yeah, I think I think my fear is it's going to blow up, right? Like I'll say something, I'll offend them or I'll create drama or they'll 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 say nothing, but secretly they will hate me and and it will suck to work with them. The rest yeah. of our tenure together. But, Which will be short because you're going to quit your job right after that. <laughs> no, I mean, I hope you don't have to quit. Anyways. No, I'm talking about you you personally. Oh, me like, personally. Yeah, yeah, like if you created that kind of uh, awkwardness, I think you'd just be like, well, I'm out. <laughs> that went bad. Well, my email didn't work. What else is there to do? <laughs> uh, but I want to live in a world where people can bring stuff like this up openly and not be offended. Mm-hmm. And that world exists if if I do it. I think you can be delicate and sensitive about it while still being clear. Uh, so yeah, I've talked myself into agreeing with you, Dave. Confront him. Go for it. Say, hey, this is affecting my productivity. And I think you need to step up a little bit more and, and take more responsibility for finding the answers. Have you tried not playing video games for eight hours a day? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, this is just such a, you know, the meta commentary here is that this software industry is so freaking weird. Like, can you imagine any other industry like a doctor? Yeah, imagine he, imagine this dude works at the DMV, right? Like, and he just like it. doesn't go to the desk for four hours. <laughs> You'd be gone in a day. <laughs> yeah. You know, yeah. you're a car mechanic, you're a doctor, you're a lawyer, like, forget it. There's just no way. I actually talked to a friend who's a mechanic and he tells stories that are kind of like this of like, oh, this person just didn't show up to work one day. Mm-hmm. And then the next day they were fired. Yeah. <laughs> That's how they all end. <laughs> You're like, I could do that for 15 days in a row and probably not get fired. Yeah, I would have a meeting on my calendar. I could not show up to the meeting. And then two weeks later, another meeting would show up with a different person. And then maybe I'd get <laughs> fired. <laughs> yeah, what a weird industry. Just a weird time. Yeah, we're we're spoiled. Yeah. But you you can help yourself here. My question is still, what if it doesn't work? When is your responsibility? When do you escalate it? Or do you mm-hmm. not escalate it? I feel like you have to if you try and talk to them directly and it doesn't change. 
Yeah, I would say try. get Talk to them directly. Give it maybe two or three weeks. And if you see a vector of improvement, then back off. Your work is done here, you know? And if you don't, then you need to find a way to raise it up to your manager for sure. At least I would. Yep, that seems reasonable. And, you know, there is one more aspect of this that we haven't really explored. And that is that this person could have some serious personal problems in their personal life. They could have some kind of illness. They could have some extenuating circumstance that you are not aware of. And it would be good to approach this situation knowing that that's a possibility. And so maybe the best thing to do, instead of just saying, I think you need to improve, could be like, you know, how are you? (laughs) How do you feel about your work here? Are you satisfied with your work? You know, is there anything I can do to help you more than I am? And, And put yourself out there a little bit more instead of coming out accusatory and see if they are willing to give you some opening into their life and tell you a little bit about what's going on. Maybe they've got something really bad happening and it's just not a good time. I feel like, I don't know. I feel like that could come across as, they both started at the same time, right? They're peers. Mm -hmm. There's not this explicit mentor manager relationship there. Yeah. So I, I, I feel like it, I feel like that's often my approach as a manager, but as a peer, when, what I really want to say is, hey, you interrupt me too much so I can't get my stuff done, I have a hard time sincerely starting off and saying, how are you? Can I help you more? And they'll be like, yeah, answer these 400 questions. Like, <laughs> no, no, what I really meant was, You're doing- can you tell me if there's anything going on in your life that's causing you to do this so I don't get mad at you? <laughs> there's got to be a way to, to do that though, right? Because like, it, it, it really is possible that there's something going on. And, yeah. and maybe that's the track you take with your own manager is you go to them and say, hey, so-and-so seems to be having a really hard time getting things done. Is there something going on? Is there anything I can do to help? You know, yeah. instead of so-and-so is terrible and deserves to be fired. Yeah, I am trying to remember if I've ever done something like this. I think one time I approached a coworker because they were doing, um, they're basically doing like another part-time job. It wasn't on the job, right? They weren't doing it while they were at work, but they were taking regular time off of work to, to go do this other job paid them money like recording a podcast yeah exactly this is <laughs> this is what is ridiculous to me when i look back at it and and i basically said hey I, this this kind of bothers me it makes me feel like you're not committed to the team and then once a week for an hour i would like go into a booth and record a podcast <laughs> but i did talk to him about it directly and it, it worked out fine and there wasn't any awkwardness because i i hadn't noticed the cognitive dissonance there so it didn't bother me so, and, what, did, and, what did you say what did you say to them what I, I said that, basically. I'm like, hey, it, it feels weird to me that you go do this other job like how, every week. How many hours are we talking about? I don't remember. I feel like it was, it was, it was definitely more time than I spent on the podcast. I should, I should hope so. <laughs> it, was, it, was, it was several hours a week, I feel like. Okay. And like during the workday, though. Yeah, yeah, during the workday. And the content of that isn't the most interesting thing. I feel like there are lots of arguments why that's fine or why it could work out either way and and the outcome isn't as important to me but we did talk about it and nothing disastrous happened like stuff got resolved and i think if they had said like it's important to me i feel like it helps me grow it helps the company grow like we could have figured it out no matter what the resolution was but it wasn't too bad it was fine so maybe i should do more of that do more uh, more confrontation yeah like soft confrontation i don't know any other way <laughs> you can just sit down and say look i need to soft confront you see how they react i I just awkwardly start to shake their hand and stare into their eyes just and lay it on them. But it's like a 20 minute conversation (laughs) and I have really sweaty hands. (laughs) 
<laughs> and you held the hand the whole time during that full 20? I did. Not awkward at all. Nope. Well, that's how you got into management. <laughs> Firm, moist handshakes. <laughs> <laughs> that's my motto. <laughs> That's our new. That I should talk to. I I should ask this. I'm I'm gonna ask them how they feel about it in retrospect. Yeah. Because maybe maybe they have this huge grudge and are like, "What a moron!" Yeah, they're not even gonna <laughs> reply to your email. I can't believe Jameson did this when he did pulled all this other crap, and they're just too nice to say anything. I'm gonna find this out. All right. Well, I look forward to that. Yeah. Depending on the answer, I may or may not talk about it on the show. <laughs> <laughs> what's the it's like the the warrant canary right where you can't tell people if you've been served a warrant or a wiretap or whatever so some people get around it by putting up a web page saying we have never been served a warrant or or never like exposed customer data because of a wiretap mm-hmm. and then they just like take it down one day <laughs> it'll be like that if i talk about it that means it all worked out great <laughs> and if you don't but i won't talk about it if it didn't all right I look forward to hearing or not hearing, but it's kind of a halting problem because you don't know what the timeout is, right? Yeah, that's true. I'll solve that first. Okay, solve the halting problem. I'm pretty sure it requires a load balancer. (laughs) All right, I think we've answered our question. All right. Dave, what can people do if they want their own questions answered? Go over to softskills.audio and click on ask a question. There is a load balancer behind that question, I'm fairly certain. Fill out the form, click the button, submit, and then put your feet up on your desk and pat yourself on the back for a job well done. Yep. Thank you so much for listening. We hope you listen still. (laughs) See ya.